Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hey, Betsy. Hey, Kate. Now that we are in the 20s, right? We're in the 2020s. Sure. The roaring 20s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The roaring 20s, right? How so, they roar. I think they're so roaring that we should bring infectious disease back. Right? Ooh. Yeah, All we should right. bring, like, the U.S. stock market tanking back. We should bring back <laughs> bars being closed back. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, That's what we meant by the Roaring Twenties, right? Think, I think that is what we meant from the Roaring Twenties. Can I tell you what my my uh, eight-year-old daughter told me? She said that, uh, you know, how um, my generation, I guess I'll call it my generation, is, is Generation X, and then there's the Millennials. She says, I'm Generation Coronavirus. That's a thing now, apparently. Or Generation Pandemic. She was happy to go with either. I like Pandemic. Generation Pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds... Those are the youngins growing up with a pandemic right now where this is normal. Can we um, be distracted from it for like, I don't know, 30 minutes or so? Yes. And better yet, we can distract the people who are listening. Perfect. Perfect. And so who are you? I, I am Kate. And I am Betsy. Yes. And what do we do here? We talk pandemics pandemics and what else that's, do we talk that's a really fun board game by the way it is unfortunately I, I don't know if anyone can ever play it again we should just drink coronas and play pandemic i think <laughs> okay <next> month. okay <laughs> great wonderful and uh what why are we actually here oh um to discuss uh children's picture books that's correct and why because what else are we gonna do pretty much <laughs> that's true uh but we like to determine if they are classics or if they are crap right we like to rate them on a scale from one to ten ten being the best one being crap exactly so you had a request that i failed to fill for many weeks now but i have fulfilled your request you're giving me all of the money in the world sure no, you never asked me for that. Oh. Joke's on you, bub. You could have had it. No, no, no. You asked me to give you a celebrity picture book. Oh. So I asked the people. Uh-huh. And I said to the people, uh-huh. what is a classic picture book? Uh-huh. And they ne- mentioned pretty much one author. I mean, they mentioned a bunch of authors, but there was really one that they mentioned over and over and over and over again. And this person had done so many books, but there were two that stood out. So I took them both out of the library. In a very, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Got into the library. Got the two picture books. Checked them out to myself. Took them out. Washed your hands. Went home. Washed my hands the whole time I was there. No, the whole place has been completely cleaned. It was empty. Nobody there but me. And these two books, which I brought home, and then I read them to see which one would be the right one for you. And it turns out one of them was from 1996, and the other one was 2002, which means that only one of them Classifies. Fit, it's, it's class, it fits under our 20-year rule. Uh-huh. So that's the one I brought. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Bring it on. I'm bringing it on. boo da 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 boo Tell me again about the night I was born. By... Jamie Lee Curtis. Illustrated by... Laura Cornell. Do you recognize Laura Cornell's art style? Because we've done one of her books before. Uh-uh. I... If you had told me... 
that we had done one of her books before, I would have called you a lying liar of a liarist. But as it turns out, do you remember the new version of Heather Has Two Mommies? Sort of, yeah. The color one, right? That's the one. That's who did it. She's pretty much done that. And Jamie Lee Curtis... And she's done a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's the only illustrator Jamie Lee Curtis will ever have for any of her picture books. Interesting. Very interesting. So take that book and read that book. And then wash my hands. Please do. Okay. Please do. While Kate does her read, let me give you a little background information on why is Jamie Lee Curtis a children's book author? We all know that she is one, much like John Lithgow is one. But why... Is Jamie Lee Curtis a children's book author? It's a little peculiar, is it not? Well, as it turns out, uh, she gave an interview with Education and Career News, which I just sort of love that title because it just covers everything. Um, And she said that it all sort of started, her whole career, writing these books, uh, with a conversation with her daughter, who was four, and, and who had walked into Jamie Lee Curtis's office. She was all petulant. And she said that when she was little, she used to wear diapers, but... Now she uses a potty. And, and this just charmed Jamie Lee Curtis, who was like, oh yeah, when you were you were so young and innocent then. Yes, and so she wrote on a piece of paper, When I Was Little, a four-year-old's memoir of her youth. And then sort of wrote down things that she used to not be able to do, and now she could. And then sort of realized that was a book. Uh, and so, lo and behold, kicked off a magnificent career. Uh, that she is, um, I would say, continuing to this day to write these books. Um, however, the one problem with that interview is it does contain this line, which is sort of, this is the kind of thing that drives me just bonkers. All right, so she, 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 ended, she has this in here. The triumvirate of mother-child book is really something profound and is being lost. I hope to encourage more and more families to engage with children using a book as the catalyst. I'm sorry, what is being lost? Hello. I've got issues. <laughs> well, let's just dive right into it then. I mean, Issues, yeah. eh? Yeah. Issues? Yeah. Really? Yeah. With, with, a, with a book that's called, let me check the title again, Tell Me Again About the Night I Was Born. Yeah, it's not so much with the story, it's with the illustrations. Interesting. Really? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Why not? I mean, it was a fun word to say. Okay. I just wanted to say that. I do like, though, in, like, the dedication page, Mm. the dog is doing selfies before selfies were even a thing. That is interesting. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis's most recent book was uh, about selfies. Oh. So there you go. Yeah. So selfies is just a theme. Anyway, so it starts off with, tell me again about the night I was born, and it's this little girl talking to her parents um and like going through essentially like a photo album right um that for some reason says me indicating that she's the one who put it together so my question to you though is since the father is looking at his daughter who's holding up the photo album he's holding a tube of toothpaste and a toothbrush but you can't read what's on the toothpaste what do you think it says all you can see is f-a-t-e <laughs> fat teeth yeah <laughs> fat teeth toothpaste fat teeth toothpaste i uh, I always love my fat teeth toothpaste. <laughs> Sells itself, right? Anyway, I, the things you could think of, I don't know what the <laughs> illustrator was thinking, but I thought that was interesting. I don't know either. And then the parents are asleep, and she says, tell me about how you and Daddy were curled up, like and Daddy spoons. was snoring. 
this is where I start to have an issue with the illustrations mm-hmm. because the book that's next to the mother as she fell asleep is called Slim Thighs in 30 Days. She also appears to have a, a tub of molecular cream. Oh, yeah. We see that later, too. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of things I feel that are degrading women throughout this book, and huh. this is where it starts. All right. Um, so they get, yeah. a, they get a phone call in the middle of the night. Um you know, alerting them that their child was born. Right. And then they call the grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Grandma's sleeping next to a canister of 23 again. Yeah. Again, focusing on women, women having... Women and weight issues and Having to look beautiful or whatever. And, yeah. Though I do appreciate the dog is holding its own leash, which I think is kind of cute. And it looks kind of morose. It's like, oh, we going for a walk now? <laughs> we not going for a walk now? Why are we not going for a walk now? <laughs> so the... Parents are running to the airport. They jump on a plane to go... A ginormous plane. To go meet their daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And again, we see a woman on a plane that's reading Beautiful in 10 Days. We're seeing a woman putting on mascara. And then we see another woman. I don't know if she's like wanting more food or if she's disgusted. Again, it's like, why are you focusing on women and how they look and their weight and their looks i don't understand why the illustrator keeps doing this over and over again yeah it's like it keeps coming up you're absolutely right also it's a weird amalgamation of things you would never see on a plane now and things you do see like there's a guy on a laptop but there's also a kid dropping peanuts into a random guy's mouth in front of him and peanuts aren't on planes anymore Peanuts are on planes. They are? Southwest gives out little peanuts, yeah. Oh, man. I thought they were all gotten because of peanut allergies. It depends on the length of the flight. Oh. So if you're doing a short flight, you'll get like a little bag of peanuts or a little bag of pretzels. If you're doing a longer flight, Southwest will give you like the better treats. Yeah, I thought the peanut allergies had just thrown them all out the window. Okay. They're individually packed. Right, right, right. Anyway, um, so they get to the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. Or, well, they, they explain... The family tree like okay so you explained that my birth mother was too young so that's when you guys adopted me so that she draws out this family tree except grandpa neil who's mm-hmm. her mom's father father mm-hmm. apparently doesn't have family like why would it why would it go on to like discuss her grandma's side of the family but still not the grandpas. Maybe he hates his family. Maybe <laughs> he was the black sheep and he got away from them. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's mysterious. It could just be. What like... gives? <laughs> Laura Cor- Cornell. <laughs> what happened to Grandpa Neil? Is he yes. not important enough? And why is Great Uncle Earl just floating out here in the middle of nowhere? Like a he's, little island of a man. He's the black sheep. He's clearly the black sheep of the family, yes. Anyway, so they get to the hospital, right? Mm hmm. Since when do hot? Okay, well, first of all, I do like that it's switched to what do you call this? Like center. Oh yeah, now you've got a now you've got a it's like a gatefold. You've got gatefold. you've got to turn it on its okay. side here. I went with centerfold, but you know what? It's not that dissimilar. Okay, the way you're holding it. But yeah. when do hospitals have like actual art? Picasso and what is that? George? No, O'Keefe? no, no. These are no, no. It says Picasso at the Met. These are um, posters of art exhibits at. Um, that's that's true. That's in, true. In emergency rooms? Uh, I'm gonna let it slide. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna let that one go. That's okay. I mean, you do see a woman who just gave birth to, to seven. S- yeah, that's seven children with like a TV crew, and she looks 
She looks terrified. She looks dead. The, uh, dead on her feet. Her partner looks terrified. Yeah, everyone uh, looks... You know, that's the most realistic thing in the book, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but then, I'm worried about this green guy here, though. Oh, there is someone you need to be concerned with, Betsy. Oh, who's that? Flip back one page to look at the people on the plane, right? Okay. Or, sorry, two pages. To look sure, at the people sure. on the plane. Uh-huh. You see there's a very creepy guy. Yeah, this weird guy with, with a case. And he's got green plaid pants. And green socks. And a black hat. Yeah, sure. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, now you're going to skip ahead past the emergency room, centerfold, gatefold, whatever. Okay, now they're seeing a bunch of cute babies. Yeah, that's true. great. That's um, baby you like. get to a size of a newborn, which I guess that's fine. And now we're in, we're back in the airport. So... They went to the hospital, they picked up their kid, now they're taking the kid back home, Whoa, right? wait a minute. The man, <laughs> the stalker, I'm calling him the stalker, he's back. He is back. In the same airport, with the, the same case, the same green plaid pants, same pants, same black hat. How, I mean, what coincidence are we talking about that in the span of going to the hospital, getting your baby, checking out, going back to the airport, that the same guy is there? Yeah, he's creepy. Right? I don't even know who this guy is, and I don't like him. No, I think he's a stalker. Yeah. But why would he be stalking parents of a newborn child? I don't understand. I have no idea. Also, how long does it take for you to, like, get the child, sign the paperwork, get out? I mean, is that a day? I have no idea, because we're dealing with adoption, so I have no idea. Right. Like, yeah, what the time frame would be for that. Yeah. But anyway, they... they Hare Krishna's here. That dates him. Right, well, and there's a nun, and there's, yeah. like, the creepy doll. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of weird things happening. A lot of, a lot of pre-9-11 stuff here. I do yeah. like that they've only had six accidents in the last ten years, though. And what whether they count as an accident? Like, that a plane crashing, or... Or, we, like, they dropped, lost a piece of luggage. They lost the luggage, exactly. But at the very bottom, it says, Tell me again how you carried me like a china doll all the way home, and you glared at anyone who sneezed. I feel like that's very relatable. That's... Right, right now. now. Right now. I understand this. This makes sense to me. Yes. Yep. Yep. So they take the kid home. Mm. Um, this, um, I, okay, so I'm not a parent, but are you supposed to put lard on a baby? Never heard that one. Yeah. I'm not going to say it isn't done, but I've never heard it. You know, you tend to put Vaseline or, or, or stuff like that. Aquaphor. Aquaphor is usually the most used. Yeah. For diaper rash. Oh, okay. I yeah. guess they're putting a tub of lard. Tub of lard. <laughs> Unscented a... tub of lard. And the baby's... You don't want that scented junk. That's Clearly that's the baby's not happy. Well, I don't think they've had the tub of lard applied yet. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was too much lard. Too much lard. It was a tub. <laughs> Gross. And then, again, I get upset because... Okay, so mm-hmm. the father is trying to, like, teach the kid about baseball, right? The mother right. is just trying to take a nap. Betsy, read me what is on the mother's lap again. She again is reading Slim Thighs in 30 Days. Why? Why are you doing this? You didn't even give birth. Meanwhile, did you notice that earlier in the bedroom he had a book that said soccer at three months? Oh, they also have, like, a toddler book, which I'm like, you're, you, and, and like, the best school to take your kid. I'm I mean, like, I assume some of these are gifts from the baby shower. But like, you're, you little, know, you're jumping but, the head of the curve here. Yeah, like, don't no, worry about what school the kid's going to get into. Just worry about keeping it alive, okay? Yep, yep, yep exactly. <laughs> Stop worrying about your thighs. Stop worrying about your freaking thighs, lady, and they look fine. Yeah. 
I what is why does the illustrator keep doing this? Maybe it's a real book and she's like doing a plug for somebody. I have no idea. It's really weird actually at this point. And then again, like so the next page you see the molecular cream on the nightstand. And it's back. The book is behind her. Does she have like five copies of this book? Or is she just reading it all the freaking time? Does she just carry it around with her? Okay, but really, what is molecular cream? I, I have never heard. If you, gentle <laughs> listeners, know what molecular cream is, uh, write us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. Right. So they're, you know, they're, they're saying, okay, you know, Dad, tell me about how you explained how baseball is the best game of all time. Mom, tell me about how you sang the lullaby to me that, you know, your mother sang to you. Sure, and. Yeah. And tell me again how, you know, about our first night together as a family. And tell me again about the night that I was born. Right. Yar. Yeah. Yar. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's really weird. That's really <laughs> weird. I mean, it came out in 1996, which was like a bagazillion years ago. But you know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think that quite excuses some of this. No. Um, so... This book, uh, and it doesn't say this anywhere. So I was looking at this book and I was like, oh, well, did Jamie Lee Curtis adopt a child? Like, and, and there's no indication of this on the bio page. She's got kids, but it didn't say there's no indication of this on the, on the front book flap. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to actually look this stuff up. So I looked it up and yes, the adoption of her older child, Annie, prompted Curtis's second book, this is her second book, Tell Me Again About the Night I Was Born. And her adopted son, Thomas, was the inspiration for Is There Really a Human Race? Which I believe came much later. Uh, altogether, she has penned 11 children's books since 1993. Hmm. So the most recent one coming out in 2018, I believe. Um, she is probably one of the most prolific celebrities who write for kids. She's Definitely the best regarded, um, with John Lithgow coming in a close second. Hmm. And I have heard people say that Fred Gwynn, who was the dad on the Munsters, was the greatest celebrity picture book author of all time. Interesting. Yes. Not many people contest that because his books are out of print. But <laughs> this is what I have heard, that he was, he is the top of the pops. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, ratings time. You go first. All right. So... I'm not going to say this book is unnecessary. Of course it's necessary. We always need books about adoption. And more than half of them sometimes feel like they are adoption books about adopting a kid from another country. Um, like China. It's mostly China. They don't really do books about kids being adopted from Russia all that often. Um, so it's nice to see one where they, you know, already had an agreement with the birth mother and, and got the kid in an easy, quick fashion and, and stuff like that. So sure, that's cool. Um, however, there are a bunch of them, even then. Uh, there are a lot of adoption picture books. I do like that the illustrator put jokes in, in the sidelines. There are, there are plenty of jokes and visual gags and weird callbacks. Um, however, your points about the dated, not even dated, just, just sexist elements, um, Two of the books uh, that are that are the women primarily and the creams that the women have, it's just very peculiar choices on the illustrator's part. So, no, I don't really feel that this needs to exist beyond its uh, 
its lifespan. So I'm, I'm giving that a, a strong 3.5. Wow. Yeah. How well, about you? I went a little higher. I think it is a cute story. Yeah. Um, but I'm obviously not a fan of the illustrations. Um, the stalker, for one. Um, well, I like the stalker. <laughs> I that was a part I liked. The subliminal female body bashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how many adoption books there are out there. So, but, so I can see how this would be like a good teaching guide, not only for those who are adopted, but also teaching what adoption means for mm-hmm. kids that aren't adopted. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a 5.5. It would be higher, I think, if there were different illustrations. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Nice. So with my 5.5 and your 3.5, that's a 4.5. So since our limit is a 5, it is not a classic. Not a classic. No. I'm, I'm sorry. At some point here, Laura Cornell is just going to be writing into us uh, angry <laughs> letters because she didn't do it for Heather Has Two Mommies. She, she I was mean, willing to hold back on that one. But I, now... I would like her to write in because I want her to explain why do you keep bashing female bodies throughout this entire book? I would be interested in her answer as well. It's not necessary. It has nothing to do with the it plot. It literally has not. It's not even a Jamie Lee Curtis in-joke. If it was like a How to Be a Great Mom book yeah. or... or anything about motherhood yeah not about your body or your face or creams or your thighs your who cares thighs. yeah no i agree <sighs> okay All right. i'm done well let's let that's okay now that you've vented we can Thank do the happy you. letters Ooh. okay happy letters time first one comes from carrie ann and it is about uh leo the late bloomer uh-huh and she says years ago my boyfriend gave me a copy of this book thinking i would find it sweet He was not prepared for the five minutes of me yelling, Somebody get that tiger some early intervention! That followed. (laughs) Thank you, Carrie Ann. We can't help but agree with that. I was hoping she was going to, like, thwap the boyfriend with the book over his head. Like, what do you think you're doing? (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so this one is from Erica. This week, I was thinking back to your episode on Jingle Dancer. This story from Minnesota Public Radio is about how jingle dancers have been dancing and praying for healing during the quarantines. The story includes some history of the jingle dance and some links to videos. And she included a link. I will include that in our show notes. Cool. But thank you so much, Erica. That is awesome. Karen wrote in. Hello, Karen. Karen says, the bear hunt thing is wild now. People are all talking about this book and having their younger family members go on bear hunts. We have a bear in our window right now. What interesting timing. This is absolutely uh, true, actually. Are you aware of this? No. So because the kids are trapped in their homes, they can go for walks. And so people have been doing different things where you'll put something in your window for the kids to find. Oh. Right. What did you think that I meant? An actual bear? Yes. Because of the coronavirus, <laughs> we figure it's safer for our children to actually hunt bears. So we're giving them that. No. No, 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 There was a bear in her window. I'm like, well, you know, I've heard about like mountain lions are now coming out because no one, no one is like, so if there was an actual I don't know where she lives. I don't know. it's true. It's true. No, as it happens, I've seen this and it is weird timing. It came out. It started basically right after our episode. So I like to think we inspired it. Sure. Exactly. (laughs) Also, she goes on, I was uh, doing a Zoom meeting with our second grade class, our new normal. We reread Triangle by Mac Barnett and John Klassen. And I noticed for the first time that Triangle and Square are moving from right to left as they head back to Triangle's home. The illustrations don't match the words on the page because of this. And it is awesome. I know you mentioned that this happened in either Extra Yarn or They All Saw a Cat or some other book. 
and was surprised that they were able to get it done in triangle. Now I have to go look for square and circle to see if it happens in those two. The book it happens in was uh, I Want My Hat Back, mm-hmm. um, where he runs against the page turn. Uh, but it did not happen in Extra Yarn. But apparently since then, John Classen's gotten some more sway and he can get away with murder. Nice. So there you go. <laughs> oh, and uh, she's very sweet. Uh, she says, uh, as an educator, it's hard. I had to say goodbye for a regular spring break on March 6th. And then all this happened. We never got a proper goodbye. Aww. I am so sad. Thank you for keeping up the podcast as it helps a lot. Aww. That's very sweet. We have another last sweet one here. It's from Christine. She says, uh, she has two book suggestions. I'm not going to tell them to you because we might do them. Okay. But then she says, getting caught up on the podcast as I do industrial spring cleaning in an effort to distract myself from the new world order we find (laughs) ourselves in, I appreciate Betsy and Kate's sistership. One I would aspire to if I had a sister. Thank you. All the best to you and yours. Thank you, We have a sistership? Uh, We have a sistership. Is it a... Come on board the sistership. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Burns when he makes the little friendship and the beer and then it sinks down into the beer. There are big ships and there are wood ships and there yes. are ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are sister ships. So here's to you and me. That was beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. That was beautiful. <laughs> Grown up things we like. Oh. Mm-hmm. So instead, I'm tired of doing like binging Hulu, Netflix, whatever stuff. So I'm actually going to do like a physical thing. Um, I have been washing my hands a lot and it's also dry as bones out here. Mm -hmm. And so my hands get so cracked to the point that they start bleeding. As do mine. And so this is not like an ad or anything, (laughs) but I'm, I'm (laughs) like. What was the name of the cream that they were reading in the book? The, uh. Oh, molecular cream. Molecular cream. You're going to plug some molecular cream This is better than molecular cream. Oh, wow. So Burt's Bees has this body lotion, but I use it on my hands because I don't. Their hand cream can be kind of watery. Yeah. This stuff, it's it's body lotion with milk and honey. Dude, this is legit. All like, right. this helps your hands. And if you're a dude, it's not, it doesn't smell all frilly. Mm-hmm. Like, it just smells normal, clean. Right. Um, and it really, and it's nice and thick. And it helps keep your hands not so... Um, cracked and dry and bleeding yeah. <laughs> like mine are. That was, that was a great horrible thing. I discovered that when you get older, your skin gets all dry. Yeah. I was like, who proved that? How did that get through the marketing? Science. Uh, I... Anyway, so big fan of Burt's Bees body lotion for your hands. Excellent. Highly recommend it. All right. I've got two quick things myself. Uh, one is that there's a new NPR podcast. It's called Coronavirus Daily. I'm freaking obsessed with hearing about science about the coronavirus. I just enjoy it. It's I'm NPR. exhausted, man. Oh, I, I like can't... it. But it's all the science stuff, so I love it. You know, I was listening to Shortwave, which is another NPR podcast. It was okay. It wasn't all corona. Now I've got my every single day they update with new corona stuff. So if you want the news and you want it to be legit. Is it depressing? Can, it's not. Ish. Betsy. It's kind of depressing, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun for me, anyway. What else? The other thing I have is uh, we had a podcast listener by the name of Carolyn Jeziorski. And she had uh, told us that she'd lived through school closures before due to the SARS outbreak, Arab Spring, the onset of H1N1, swine flu, the ouster of President Morsi, Ebola, and now COVID-19. So I want—I was kind of fascinated. I wanted to interview her. I was like, can you please give all the other librarians who have to close, and this is our first problem, yeah. uh, some advice. She did. It's on my blog. I'll put the link in there. It is, she gave great advice. Uh-huh. 
as one would think, considering she brings plagues anywhere she goes, Aww. apparently. Oh, Poor woman. You know what? She survives she sur- plagues yeah. wherever she goes. Good for her, man. Yeah, man. Hold on to her for as long as possible. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. She's probably the best equipped person to deal with all these things yeah. that you could ever meet. So, she's awesome. <laughs> all right. On that note, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusek8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our mystery dog is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Burke.